Sorry, can't say. What's that word you use? Spoilers. I like that word. Hello and welcome to Spoiler Nation, the podcast where we have spoiler-filled discussions on your favorite and sometimes not so favorite movies and TV shows. My name is Howie, and I'm the senior editor at IsolatedNation.com. And joining me, as always, is the Masande to my Daenerys. Oh God, <laughs> brutal! <laughs> Get a memorable death at least. <laughs> Uh, Reese, how's it going? Hey, what's going on, everybody? We're talking about episode four of Game of Thrones season eight, The Last of the Starks. Um, kind of a weird title because it's, it doesn't really feel like it's about the Starks. More about Daenerys. I, and I think, you know, the kind of weirdness of this title signals the nature of this episode, right? This is the uh, aftermath episode. After the huge battle, after the huge decimation of life and the big win, this is our chance to take a breather and, and consider the implications and ramifications of uh, what just transpired in the huge battle episode. Yeah, at least for like the first 20 or so minutes, you know, they have obviously start with the very serious funeral pyre scene. Yes, that's right. And we get to see like who lost who. I think it's kind of telling that the very first shot is of like, Daenerys in grief because right away you know we're in her mindset which is very important to this episode and then we get that really fun uh scene where they're kind of getting drunk and like celebrating you know we're alive let's enjoy ourselves for now Uh, actually before we get any further Mm. um what what did you think of this episode overall what's what's your grade oh I'd probably give it a B um Mm. I was I was a fan of it overall because this felt like a classic Game of Thrones episode in a way that the show hasn't felt like in a long time mainly to do with all like the the scheming and the backstabbing mm. that's something I've really missed and also uh because they've added more nuance to the conflict by shifting Daenerys more towards a light bit of genocide. <laughs> <That'll>, <laughs> probably, just, just a just, touch. Just a bit. <laughs> just, prob- just a touch. That's going to probably occur in the next episode. Yeah. So it's not just like good queen is going to kill bad queen now. Like it feels a bit more complicated now it because is. of this episode. Um, there were some like logistical things that would a pain in the ass. Yeah. Especially to do with like Euron, like once again, appearing out of nowhere to, to kill a dragon. And, you know... But um, overall, I, I quite liked it. But um, yeah, there was there were some annoying things about it. I liked it a lot better than the last episode. That's for sure. Hmm. In- interesting. I I loved some of the individual scenes in this episode. Mm. But overall, I think I'm gonna give it a. I was very close to giving it a C. Oh, but, it's very average. Um, is this the worst of the season for you so far? Yes. Oh, okay. it is. Wow. So it's. It's somewhere between a, a B minus and a C plus. <laughs> I me. knew you'd find it frustrating. Remember, I told you. <laughs> you did. I was like, "Well, how you might." You're, you're yeah. like, "Well, I like this." And I'm like, "Well, you might find it frustrating." You did. You did warn me. Why? Why did you think that? <laughs> um, I just had a feeling. I didn't know what would bother you, but I knew there would be some things that would really bother you. <laughs> it was just. It was a feeling in the force. I see. I see. Well, yeah. you were right. Yeah. So um, uh, let's 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 get into it. Yeah. So. Uh, obviously, we've already started, but we'll start with the Winterfell crew, and then we'll jump to um, King's Landing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, as you were saying, you know, this was mi- it's a mixture between grief and and celebration. Yeah, it's a weird mood. 
and it's a it's a lot about people casting significant glances at one another. Yes. Uh, yeah, but you know, as the dream, I think Daenerys kind of breaks the ice when she names Gendry like Lord of Storms End. I okay, <laughs> I was very wor- worried when she calls him out because yeah. I think this is kind of an interesting acting note for um, Amelia Clark because she plays as if she's going to do something bad to him. She sounds like like. Like you know, queenly, like angry. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you're like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, you can feel the tension in the room. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then suddenly she and then she suddenly turns jovial and names him uh, Lord Baratheon of the uh, Storm's End. Which she, you know, she technically can't do that, but it's like a good gesture on her part to show that she rewards loyalty and why not? Well, yeah, it's what's what you have to do if you're like. A oh, noble. I mean, like, why can't she do that? Oh, because she's not like the queen, like Cersei's the queen. So it's like a nice well, gesture. Well, it's, yeah. So it's yeah. more of she's like... She's not on the Iron Throne yet. So <laughs> that's what I meant. But I see. It's it's a good thing to do on her part. Yeah. It's kind of a standing agreement. It's like, an IOU becomes, card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If she becomes the queen, it'll be uh, legitimized. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting point to make because um, uh, this episode really uh, makes me question the... Um, the system, yeah, the mon- the monarchy system of Westeros, because what is to stop Daenerys from going to uh, Dragonstone and say, "FYI, this is my throne now, and I am the queen, and Dragonstone is now the main city," and then conquer all the, you know, or not just conquer, but maybe gain the allegiance of each of the other kingdoms one by one. Well, I think the city is important because that's the side of like. The economy and all the resources and and most of the people. Mm, that's true. And these other like Dragonstone doesn't even seem that populated. Like, yeah, who would want to go there? So I think the the thing is she has to have the city to. That's the capital. She has to have that to have everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. let's just follow um, Gendry's thread. Ah uh, yes. <laughs> um, of course, then we get the um, you know boombox outside the window moment with him and uh, Arya. Very like, high on his own like victory. Yeah, 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 and he makes the huge mistake of um, calling her a lady. Oh man, I mean, she he knows she hates that, and he still went for it. I, I think he, <laughs> at that moment he probably yeah. like forgot yeah, about it. Yeah, true. Um, but. Uh, I like that moment. Very rom commy. Like it's the most rom com esque moment I've seen um, on the show. One um, of one of for sure. And uh, but I I enjoyed it. What, I lo- do, what do you think? Yeah, I love the callback when um, she says to him like I'm I'm not a lady. That's not who I am. And it's like oh yeah, she told Dead yeah Star yeah she said one. that's not me. Yeah, and like, I really liked uh, her in that moment too because she she had real like pity on her face for him. Yeah, it's almost. It's not that she's sad. It's more like she feels bad for him because yeah. it was never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they had sex like one time yeah. the, the other night. So what, what did he expect? But <laughs> there's like, it's just like his dad, Robert Baratheon, you know, getting rejected by a Stark woman. Mm. Like father, like son in that way. Baratheons and Starks never meant to be. I don't think he'll start a war over it though, but you know, it's kind of kind of a bummer for him. <laughs> well, she did, Well, she did just outright reject him. Yeah, she instead was, of she was know, pretty played pretending about it. to be kidnapped. Yeah, well, she she's got uh, more interesting shit going on. Yeah, you know, uh, particularly later when she uh, reconnects with a hound and they 
have another little excellent adventure yes. probably soon to be coming. Yes. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and then, of course, we have the people celebrating, you know, uh, Pod uh, getting his pod on with two uh, women. I love that they kept that as like a little background detail, yeah. but they didn't linger on it. Yeah, it I nice. like that. Yeah. And um, that's right. So yeah. we have um, Tyrion and Jamie sitting um, sitting with Brienne and Pod. They're playing and that just, uh, drinking game. Um, is there a modern equivalent? It's kind of Never like... Never have I ever. I think it's well, probably... It's kind of like that. It's yeah. more like I have to guess what... A, a true thing about you, and if it's true, you drink. Yeah, that's that's really yeah. the game. Yeah, but um, having a jolly old time. Yeah, and then it gets kind of awkward when Tyrion's like, "You're a virgin," and it, you know, the dig move. It was kind of I don't know dig move by uh, Tyrion, and he also didn't seem to regret it. <laughs> that, that felt like uncharacteristically mean coming yeah. from him. He's usually like the most sensitive, yeah. kind person in the room. I mean, it. it yeah, it just doesn't seem... It doesn't feel like Tyrion because, first of all, they're playing a game and he's going very low here. Yeah. And, look, he's a dwarf. Yeah, exactly. You know? He knows what it's like to be picked on. Exactly. For being different or whatever. You know? It makes it makes no sense for him to do that. But I don't remember who said it. Jamie says to Brienne, you have danced with Renly Baratheon. I yeah. like that callback because that's the story that she told Pod. And then and then Brienne turns to Pod and he's like, Ooh. yeah, <laughs> shrugs <know>. at her. <laughs> but I, I like that. Um, I like those moments because it feels like the writers reinforcing to us that hey, we we didn't forget about the history behind these characters. Yeah, in this m- very specific instance, <laughs> I, and, uh, very specific because it's like a reminder that hey, Brienne like likes men, like she she wants yeah. the company of a man, but she hasn't had it yet, which of course is set up for her and Jamie to hook up drunkenly hook up uh you know um you know very awkwardly because you know as much as we nikolai nikolai yeah nikolai costa waldo uh, okay thank you you know he's very handsome yeah he is probably a ladies man in real life Mm -hmm. but um you know it's important to know uh, to realize that jamie isn't a ladies man he's never been with another woman except for his sister yeah (laughs) so he's gonna be weird about it i i love that awkward scene where they um where he's like, oh, is it hot in here? <laughs> yeah, I, I have to agree with you that I liked the execution of the scene, actually, like for what it was, which was Jamie and Brienne kind of sexually Get, getting together. Consummating their friendship. It was it was very sweet. And, it um, was. They, they played it beautifully, but I don't like the idea of them being lovers because I never felt like that was being played in the show and it kind of came out of nowhere for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah. this is... Uh, you go. Oh, and I was just going to say to me that... um. The high point of their relationship was when Jamie knighted her. Like that yes. was that was their love scene. That was their consummation yeah. of their relationship in, yeah. in the most um, organic way that is true to their um, relationship. And I right? felt yeah, and I felt like them sleeping together. Like it didn't it didn't add anything. Yeah, really. I, I thought it was very unnecessary, and um, it, it just sort of made a decision he makes later. It made her like upset, so it, it felt melodramatic uh, in a way. I I, I agree. Um, so this is a, a part of the reason why I really didn't like this episode, even mm. though I can agree with you know I I agree with you that I enjoyed how they executed it. Yeah. Um, but I hate to say like. We've said the term fan service a lot when it comes to this show. This is bad fan service. This is like, yeah, this is like kind of 
um, you know that song, uh, you can't always get what you want. Yeah. But um, but sometimes you get what you need. Mm-hmm. This few episodes, especially this um, episode, uh, is a sim- is symptomatic of the show giving us what we want, but not what we need as mm. audiences. So it's by playing to um, by pandering to the audience by giving the internet hype train what it wants which is you know everyone wants i personally want jamie and brianne to get together but i and i i like i like that they did that but but that's the wrong move for the show because it doesn't stick to it guns in terms of narrative and storytelling it doesn't challenge us and it, it doesn't really make an an interesting point um that um, their relationship is building towards, you know. It, yeah, it was it was completely like unnecessary, and but in the past he was always like making fun of her looks. So yeah. he's not even sexually attracted to her. So I was just kind it, of confused by the whole thing, yeah. and it didn't even take him anywhere interesting. Like as we know, at the end of it, he's right back where he started, like seemingly like going back to Cersei. So, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think it's very telegraphed when he um, runs off to Cersei again, that they're setting up for him to run to her to kill her or stop yeah. her. Yeah. Like, Jamie's um, motivation at that moment as he rides off is that he's headed there to stop her. Do you think- not, not to die with her or save her, but they needed somehow, for some weird reason, to trick the audience into thinking that he's headed towards Cersei to be with her by having Brienne outwardly um, exclaim that, right? I don't, yeah, I don't understand why he couldn't just, t- I know this is drama and stuff and you gotta, you got to take some shortcuts for like the emotional beat, but why he couldn't tell her, well, I'm going down there to stop her. Like, I, yeah, I don't know why they couldn't do because that. Because they want to, this is emblematic of the show's biggest flaw is that they prioritize the, the big reveal they prioritize the big event over um, the small detail, the subtlety of you know character um, motivation. Yeah, because yeah, there's nothing stopping him from just saying that. Hey, I have to. It's more kind of dramatically rich and more true to how we see Jamie now. Mm-hmm. To for him to say, um, I had. It has to be me to stop her. Yeah, you know, like I can't escape this because it it makes sense if if for Jamie's trajectory to head head to that direction because he's always the one that enabled Cersei's cruel um, cruelty. Yeah, well, he was in her enforcer in yeah. season seven. A- exactly. <laughs> so it makes poetic sense, and it makes sense for Jamie's uh, redemption arc to culminate there. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense for him to realize that that's what he needed to do. Yeah. But um, ha- having, and, and we all feel that that's where we're headed. So having Jamie let Brienne believe that he's just going to um, be with her or, you know, not clearing it up yeah. is very annoying to me because, because you know, you, you, you feel like they're setting, clearly setting up for some kind of dramatic thing. There's there's no reason for him to lie to her because it's not like she can come with him anyway. So what's the friggin' difference? <laughs> yeah. You know why let her think you're a piece of shit now? Like, yeah. I don't know what the percentage in that is. Um, but as far as awkward relationships go, it's not quite like John and Daenerys. Oh, okay. They yeah. first get some real uh, 
interaction after finding out that information that they're related. Yes. And he has a stronger claim to the throne. And this is where, uh, could they ever talk about it like during the celebration? And this is where Amelia Clark's acting really uh, shines first in this episode. Um, it's when she's telling John, like, like, don't tell anybody because there's no good that'll come of telling the truth. Yeah. And the way she's grasping him, it's like she's begging him and threatening him at the same time. Yes, yes. And you really feel like her, you know, how it, how she's feeling in that moment. Yeah. And Jon Snow, ever the fucking lunkhead, <laughs> is just like, well, it'll make me feel not guilty uh, to tell my <laughs> sisters, so fuck what, fuck what it'll do. I'll, I'll tell them. I <laughs> actually, um, yeah, I, I like that interaction because um, it, first of all, gives Dan- Danny something very interesting to play with. Because, like you said, it is a mixture of that. It's kind of, um, please don't make me take the nuclear option. Yeah, you know, for sure. You know, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but it also, um, it it really satisfy me as a an, as an audience because it is the next logical step that um, her character will take. That is a mo- such a logical, um, organic reaction. Or, or strategy for her to take to make her plea to John. Yeah, and and it it was just like one of the few times where I, um, where you know, she's just so in so consistent with her character that I liked. Yeah, what did you think of um John telling his sisters uh, the truth, or rather getting Bran to do it? Um, I know you had some problems with this. So I guess we'll we'll, uh, we'll divert a bit on this, but uh, you go. Well. Let's talk. Let's quickly talk about that scene where she sits. Uh, you know the infamous Starbucks coffee cameo. Oh yeah, yeah. Where she sits on that table where they're celebrating, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, it's reminiscent of season one when they're all in that same dining room. You know, good when, point. The episode first episode. Yeah, actually, the very yeah. first episode with Cersei and Robert Baratheon yeah. and everyone celebrating. This echoes that because you know it makes it makes me happy to see Winterfell so filled with life. Yeah, you know, and uh, but you get that scene where. Um, Danny just looks around, right? She looks mm. around in a everyone celebrating but her because she lost a significant part of her army. You yeah, know? and she, of one of her best friends, one of her, one of the only people that she truly trusts yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. And she looks around. She, I think, the most hurtful part was she looks at the Lannisters laughing. Yeah, and she, you could feel her pain because you're like. Look at that! The family that murdered your, um, the family that murdered your family is just having a good old time. Yeah, you know, and and you helped that. You know, in some ways, she helped them, uh, help save them. And I I know that some people will think that Daenerys makes a bunch of stupid rash decisions in this episode, but I honestly thought, as far as like an emotional through line, that scene did a really good job of showing how like her anger would overwhelm her reason. Because yes. she has, like, lost nearly everything. Yeah. And she's not getting anything out of it, like, as far as, like, allies or anything <laughs> like that. And she can see <laughs> she can see that, like, they're celebrating John. John and Tormund, this idiot, <laughs> this knucklehead, just calls him a king. Right? Like, yeah. for no reason. Like, yeah. like for whatever. Just for being able to... Oh, no, for yeah, obviously coming back to life and things like that. But for riding the dragon specifically. Like, look at this badass yes. riding a dragon. She's like, I've been doing that for years. Yeah, and like, yo, what up? <laughs> Come on. They're my dragons too. 
happy birthday to me. Yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, that was really effective. Um, and then of course she smiles to John, and you get the look from Sansa, mm-hmm. who is uh, uh, um, uh, that's not really the moment, but it was a moment when she talks to Tyrion about oh, Tyrion's like, hey, good job of making him making um. Gendry, Lord. Lord of Baratheon. And she's like, you're not the only clever man. Yeah, <laughs> and you see Sansa putting the two and two together, right? Yeah. Like, you see her gears churning, like, okay, what are the implications of this? You yeah. know, why is she doing this? Yeah, see, this is why I like this episode, Howie. It's stuff like that. that yeah. Okay, and, and those are the things that I love about this episode. So, mm. the beginning of it. Yeah. Okay, so the beginning Winterfell scenes, most of them I like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, okay, and then we get to... Um, the scene where Danny talks about, um, you know, gets the remaining people who are in charge together in the next day mm-hmm. and talks about, all right, look, now we have fought the Great War. We have this other war to win. The last war. The last war. And um, shockingly, sh- this is a shock to me, there is a Carl there. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Did you see that? They said... um. They clarified that half the uh, Dothraki were wiped out. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. So I, I guess thought, not, I thought, I thought like they were hundred percent. I thought like there were two left. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I all guess right, there well, some left. great. Um, mm. And then so they're all standing on the table, and da- Daenerys is like, "Okay, so let's just bring our armies there and, and destroy her." Yeah, everyone's close to agreeing, and and then Sansa goes, "Wait, we literally fought death." Yeah, we need to rest up. Yeah, like, uh, look, basically she's saying, um, the subtext is, I don't know, I don't give a shit what you're doing, but my people need to rest. Yeah. Right? So, and it's a good point. It's Mm -hmm. a very good point. And, uh, and, but it obviously puts her at odds to Daenerys. This is somehow frustrating to me because this is what's frustrating to me about Daenerys Mm -hmm. because she doesn't see it as um as an objective um viewpoint she interprets that as sansa is against me yeah and i guess that's what they're kind of building that character like that's what they need to happen to propel her forward but to be fair though she is right in being paranoid about sansa being against her <laughs> that's True, but yeah. that doesn't make Sansa not everything she says is wrong. against Daenerys. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, uh, at that moment, she is speaking objectively here, mm-hmm. and and she's not saying don't take the capital. So yeah. that's all. That's the other thing. Yeah, right. She's not saying hey, um, don't do that bad idea. I, you know, look. Yes, she doesn't want. She doesn't really want Daenerys to be queen. Mm-hmm. But who would she rather be queen, Daenerys or Cersei? The yeah. person that she hates the most. Yeah, yeah. You know, so there, it's just kind of frustrating to me because there is a common ground that they can that they can find that um, it's the onus really is on Daenerys to find it because um, Sansa hasn't really been actively working against her out of spite. And Daenerys is staying in her home and yeah, that stuff too. Yeah, yeah. but anyway, so um, but anyway, once you know, John steps in. Right and goes. Look, I'm in charge here, Sansa. Once again, overruling Sansa, mm-hmm. which you know I did not like that. But um, he's like, look, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna pledge our forces. Yeah. End of story. And uh, you know, D- Daenerys is like, yeah. 
gives gives that smile. But then meeting over, and Ari's like, "We need to have a word with you." I first of all, I love that. I love family meetings. Yeah, I love family meetings in TV shows, um, especially. And I, I've been craving for a Sansa dinner scene. Yeah. You know, like ever since they all get reunited, just a scene where everyone can talk to each other and catch up and and you know, kind of find their uh, uh uh kind of find their roots, you know, find their foundation as a family after such a chaotic uh uh, uh lifespan or a chaotic period of time. Mm-hmm. We never really get that, but this is as close to what we got and I love that Arya was the one to instigate, like, "Hey, we need to talk," and then you see a brand in the background as well. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, is this it?" And then they they talk at the weirwood tree, which is, I think, is a great idea for them to have this stark catch up. Yeah, and this is when the title of the episode gets spoken. Right, um, Arya says, "Look, this is it. You know, we're the last of the Starks." Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, so basically, they're voicing their objections. To Daenerys as queen, right? Yeah. Basically, um, comes down to like we don't know her. Like, why? Why are you putting everything behind her? Yeah. Um, um, but then it gets kind of more complicated when John is like, you know, true to his word. He's like, well, I have to tell them who I am. <laughs> I, I I like to say that this um, scene is very well executed, in my opinion. It's so it's um, the the. Like each character feels so true to, to themselves, yeah. And the way they they build the tension for John um, to say to reveal the truth, um, you know, by escalating the tension uh, through dialogue, uh, you know, by them emphasizing that look, you know, we, you're you're a Stark. You'll always be a Stark. You know, we have to protect our own. I don't really, you know, we don't care about whatever this is the wider war or anything like that yeah and you you feel the guilt in john's yeah. <laughs> like heart and then he looks at um he looks at bran almost begging for bran to say it really he just wants well like, he begs bran say it because he at the end he's like you you say it basically no bran no bran says your choice yeah bran makes john say it no I no guess. john tells bran like tell them like john doesn't tell them no it Really? Yeah, yeah. Bran tells them. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's right. He yeah. he he turns. Really? Yeah. Oh, I I missed that. So yeah. he he turns to Bran like, and and Bran is like, well, it's your choice. And then John basically gives him the go ahead to tell them. I see. Yeah. Okay. I love this scene, but my point of frustration, mm-hmm. as I've told you, yeah, is that um, why didn't we get to see the rest of the scene? Like yeah. it, 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 it. So, if anyone, if any character, if there are any characters where this revelation is the most important to, it's the Starks, the people who consider John as part of their family, and uh, it's a travesty that we don't get to see of all people them reacting to the news that John isn't technically a stark because of how focused on family they are they're focused uh oh this is where i'll disagree with you that um i actually don't think we needed their reactions um because i think the most important people to hear it is daenerys and john and by the time in the show that they've heard this information we've heard this twice so 
by the time they've heard it, the top two most important people, it's four times. Yeah. And if we hear it a fifth time, it's like, okay, we know. And the Starks sisters shock, which would be understandable, like for sure, it wouldn't quite resonate with us because we just know it already. And I don't think um, that the information would fundamentally change what they think of John. Well, so I don't think there's much like dramatic electricity there. I dis I disagree because I would have been I actually would have have less of a problem with this episode if they have another scene at least together where they talk about this. But because it ends and that's essentially the final um presumably final scene we get where all the stock children are together. Oh, we can't say that right now. Well, we? well okay. I mean, this, you Fine. Know, yeah, we don't Fine. know yet. Yeah. Well, look. If it is like, if that's the last Stark scene, I will think it's a bit disappointing. I, I don't I, think it is. I think it is, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll I guess see. we'll see. Yeah. But it's just really frustrating because I don't need them to hear it. Okay, I don't need to see the news being delivered. I want... Their reaction. I know. I want to know what Sansa thinks. I know what I want to know what Arya thinks. Because and look, who maybe it might not have changed their relationship that much. I don't think it would have. Well, at all. Who knows? Who knows? And I, I can assure you, the writers don't know, and that's why they don't didn't write that scene because they they just like look. It's gonna be like so hard to write this scene to for it to play out organically. But so so they just cut. Where would the momentum go from there, like, struggling with that news? I mean, either they accept it or they wouldn't accept it. And if they don't accept it, it would be weird because they've already, even though he's a bastard, which is, in this world, don't forget, being a bastard is, like, very low. Like, you're, like, like nearly a gutter rat. And they, they're like, you're not a bastard, you're our brother. So that's as telling as anything that no matter what familial blood ties he has that he never knew about and, like, he's not responsible for... I mean, they look, wouldn't, I agree yeah. with what you said, but yeah. I still wanted... I think the show needed that some kind of closure or some kind of reaction to that to this information from the stocks, especially because presumably it spurred Arya to leave Winterfell forever uh, in her mind, and it spurred Sansa to... Uh, revealed that secret to, to Tyrion. Like, so I, I needed some kind of, uh, well, like, not explanation, but kind of, I wanted, we had to see it. I would say, well, Arya left, and it wasn't to do with anything with that. It was because she wanted to finish her kill list, which, right? That's why she left. Well, yes, that, yeah. like, yes, that is on paper. Like, at the very surface level, that's why she left. Yeah. But, I don't um, think it's related necessarily to like her thinking John's not her brother or whatever. Well, else anymore. I think that it's just I don't know, right? Mm. So, so that's the issue. Like, I don't know why she decided to right then leave with that, presumably forever without giving us a goodbye scene to Sansa. You know, like they're supposed to. It seems like at this point in time, Arya uh, has made it uh, her cause to protect her family. And, and then to have her just leave like that without a scene between her and Sansa, even saying, look, I have to go. I, you know what? It, I could have, that would have been a nice scene, like a goodbye from Arya with her and Sansa or, or John or something. I agree with that. But I don't, I don't think we, I'm still like quite adamant we didn't need the reaction to the news of 
his lineage or whatever. I, I'll just, I guess, agree to disagree, yeah. right? But I think that we needed to know like we needed to know fundamentally where the Starks stand with each other to in order to move forward, especially when they're obviously now being separated in this way. I needed to know what Sansa thinks, and I needed to know what Arya thinks. Maybe it is that they are re- they are united, but th- that gives me something to think about when I am in John's scenes, you know, and and that gives me something to think about when. Uh, Sansa is actively, you know, working against Daenerys because it gives us another layer to think about. Mm-hmm. But but without that, I I guess I can assume, you know, I we I can make my assumptions. Yeah. But um, it it just shows me that okay, I guess they don't really care what the Starks think. I guess it's the only really important thing is that you know what Sansa does with that information. I mean, I think that's like far more kind of exciting or dramatic or whatever, you know. Uh, I mean, that, there, yeah. you can't, you can't have both. Like you can, I, 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 w- I would I think, prefer I to think n- that would slow down the momentum of this episode though. Cause there's only like a couple left. Like they got to, I know that they made themselves the six episode deadline or whatever, but they do have the six episode deadline. And at this point they, they do need to hurry things along a bit, especially when the first ep- two episodes. Well, the, the second one, which I loved, to, were pretty slow. They're making it well. Okay, this scene aside, I think they're you know they are making speeding things along to their detriment mm-hmm. because these this is a key symptom of Game of Thrones really losing what makes it special because. There have been situations where uh, even the actors themselves are fumbling to um, find words to uh, mask their um, what they're not getting out of the show. There's an interview I, uh, uh, Jamie's actor the, the Nick, Nikolai, Nikolai yeah. did um, where he speaks about when we started the show. There's a lot of like great character moments where. Things build slowly and things build organically where you get to play out this change in my character. Mm -hmm. But now as we move towards the end, uh, it feels like we have this, um, you know, obviously the momentum is really fast and we don't always get the chance to, um, you know, and he he even points out like suddenly there's a scene where my character goes back to King's Landing to find out that... Um, um, that his son is has committed suicide, and I don't get the chance to play out that moment or convey that moment. So I myself have to have to fill in the blanks. Um, I agree with and, that and things like yeah. that. So he he is trying to say like, okay, look, this is how things have changed. But you can feel him lamenting that he doesn't get to do that because the show doesn't give him the information that he needs to kind of. Um, make that leap and and you it's symptomatic in this episode where you know that like breakneck speed a 180 turn of jamie deciding that he he has to ride to to cersei you know and i think see that's where it was annoying for me in this episode like mostly but regards to pacing yeah and i also think that the stocks thing is part of that okay fair enough yeah i don't don't agree but yeah anyway yeah, yeah okay um so um, we get the move to King's Landing, I guess. <laughs> can I just quickly end with Sansa, uh, uh, mm. real quick? Because we before, obviously, before uh, they leave for King's Landing, yeah, we have one last um, um, conversation between Tyrion and Sansa. And that's where essentially Sansa lets slip the information that there could be 
someone better than Daenerys. Yeah, on the what if there's someone better? And then this this was good because it led to one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode, probably of the season so far, actually, between Tyrion and Varys discussing uh, the nature of what that is. And essentially, it's, you know, Varys is saying, well, now that a handful of people know, it's not even a secret. It's just information. I love, I love that, that line. line yeah, and that's too. such a Varys line. See, that's what I mean. Like, now we're back into the political stuff. We're giving him lines again. Have you Varys, noticed? Now Varys, he's lines. He's Varys a character again. back in the game. Yeah. And he essentially, he says to, because um, Daenerys essentially plans to burn the Red Keep with uh, <laughs> all the people who are locked in there. Her original and original one plan. and only strategy. And Varys says to her, he's quite forthright, like he's a sneaky guy, but he's very forthright in saying, this is a mistake. You know, don't do this. You told me to tell you if you were going to make a giant mistake. Well, this is it, man. This is like one of them. Well, to to Denny's credit, she listened, right? No, she like she's she's essentially saying, well, they'll know whose fault it is if the sky falls on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. essentially she's committing to the plan to <laughs> burn innocent people. And Varys, you know, he served under the Mad King. He's getting all these, like, Mad King flashbacks, understandably. And he's telling Tyrion, well, you know, now we know about Jon and he has the stronger claim. And he invokes a lot of reasons as to why it should be Jon, including the wider appeal that, well, to have a man as the king would, you know, be more appealing to the lords of Westeros. And I really liked that line because it really, like, goes back to cementing this show as one that's like fundamentally just very fucking unfair yes. because it's true. Just because yes. he, he's actually probably no better qualified to lead than her, but because he is a man, it probably will ensure more peace and less revolt. And I, I really liked that. Yeah. And, it, I, yeah, and it was just a great scene where like you, you see Varys already scheming to possibly kill Daenerys or get her out of the way or something. Yeah. And you see Tyrion's doubt and... At that moment, I was like, oh my God, like this is getting so intriguing. I have no idea who's going to fall away now. Or Fi- who's- yeah. yeah. Finally, we have political intrigue. I back. mean, yeah, I loved it. I fucking loved it. It was so good. I uh, uh, I was watching with my sisters yeah. and uh, they said, oh, when, when Varys said, you know, I'm here to, I will, you know where I stand. I will do whatever it takes to protect the realm. Yeah. And she wants to burn a lot of people. Yeah. So, of course, he's going to like be against her. And And my sisters are like, Oh, I didn't know like Varys was like a good guy. Yeah, since and, season one, he's been had that ethos. I, I, yes, and yeah. I agree. You know, he's always said that he his side is for the realm, whereas someone like Littlefinger, it's for himself. But that reaction to Varys is a key kind of indicator of if you're not really like tracking Varys, yeah. um, at least at the the recent uh, three seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been sidelined so bad. He has been, yeah, put aside. Uh, but I really think that makes his character so interesting because he's he's just probably as close to altruistic as you could get in this show, but he's like fundamentally not trustworthy or loyal. Yeah. You, can't, you yeah. can't have him. He won't have your back. Yeah. yeah. He'll just do whatever it takes for the greater good, basically. Yeah. Um, and he's, it's kind of, uh, what's the alignment for Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons? I want to say... He's chaotic good, I guess. Because he's, like, untrustworthy. Yeah. Tyrion's reaction to Varys is very interesting. Yes, for sure. um, Once again, he's presented with the question, why do you follow her? What uh, what about Daenerys inspires you to follow her as queen? See, that's where I think, because his reasonings are very personal and myopic in a way, because if you think back to um, season six when she names him, like, Hand, she's, like one of the first people to like 
treat him with the respect he deserves yes. of his intelligence yes. and his personality. And, you know, she fights for, like, slaves. And, like, he knows what it's like to be a downtrodden person, yes. obviously. And she rides dragons. And he loves dragons. <laughs> so, to her, she's like this <laughs> mythic hero. Yeah. He's built her up. But he, but he's intelligent. And he knows that she's not right in her mind. Yeah. Like, she makes bad decisions. And she's prone to violence. And she doesn't listen. Yeah. And so, it's a real struggle for him. And I love that he, he plays that struggle so beautifully. Because yeah. I'm, I'm so sympathetic to him. Yeah. It's interesting because uh I want to find the right analogy for um Daenerys but that is a uh, uh, uh what you just um illustrated um in terms of Tyrion and Daenerys's relationship is that's how Daenerys um sh- uh, exhibits her leadership yeah. which is it's more about she's more of a benevolent god in yeah. that way where you love her because she gave you part of her power. Yeah, exactly. You know, like you love her because you were on at a lowly position and she has the decency to pick you up and, and, and put you in her graces. I mean, that's what she did with her other best friend, Masande. You yeah. Know, she was a slave and she freed her. And exactly. And she was her right-hand woman. Yeah, I mean, if, we, if you think about it, that's... Um, that defines most of her relationships with the key people that are undyingly loyal to her. Yeah. You have Jorah, you know, who was someone who was disgraced by her family and then, and then you know, at the end of the day, elevated to, um, like, the closest confidant that she has. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's more complicated than that. But, but the broad um, strokes are correct. Exactly. Because and- remember, he starts the show as, like sending information about her exactly and he dies fighting her which is like all he wanted exactly Exactly. she's definitely she has that kind of um power that's unmatched in the show yeah and it's interesting because when you dig deeper um varus's question is and, and also sansa's question you know is there something there is does that make her a good leader yeah exactly and like the honest question to answer to that question is probably not. No. Like, look what she did to her Dothraki, and like, yeah. look what she, like what happened to Marine when she was ruling it. It like so many people died, like yeah. for what she was doing. Yeah, and then she just her answer was to just execute more maesters, and it made things worse, and like escalated to like a fucking war. Yeah, war zone. And and if we con- contrast her with someone like John, um, very reluctant, you know, a reluctant leader, but and no and. Like, no slight against John. He's actually one of my favorite characters in the show and the books, yeah. but, like, no charisma. Like, no no not charisma. Like, not like Daenerys at all in that way. But why do people think that he's a better leader? I think it's because he shows traits that um, he fights for you. And he balances justice and mercy even, very well. I, I, yes. Yeah. And also, even when he's not in a position of power, he will still fight for you no matter what. Like he did with Sam in, like, the first three episodes of the exactly show. Yeah. exactly so i think that gives people something so much more than um what danny can give other people because it's not innate it it doesn't elevate the people around her in in that deeper level yeah uh, you know that's why tor someone like Tormund, who is who spent a lot of his life trying to murder Chan. He's like his best friend now. He's like, calls him king yeah. while he's drunk, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and gives him like the most tender hug when they part as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was a really nice scene. Uh, um, can we um, quickly talk about that actually? Yeah. Uh, John's goodbye 
to the North Peoples. Oh, Sam my Tormund Ghost. God, I hated this. Anyway, uh, but you, you go. What I hated about this scene was his disrespect to Ghost. I think oh most my God, people have me. pointed this out. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, Ghost was by his dead body and still defending him. Yes. And, like, the dog lost an ear for him and, like, was all cut up. And, like, he just, he doesn't even touch the dog or say anything to it. Just, like, kind of gives it away like it's not a disease even a pet. Nice, not even a pet. pet yeah. And and this also continues the blatant disregard of this show on the magical side of things because they're getting rid of it now. Yeah, for yeah, the like White they, they're not. They let's hey, let's just say that they did not touch on anything about the Night King. Yeah. Like it's just like hey, we won a battle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's over now, and um, like uh, you know. Guys, let's. Do you want to talk about the fact that there were like ice people that were trying to kill us? Like, where did they come from? Are there more of them? Yeah, could they come back possibly? Because <laughs> like, they don't know anything. No about one them. grapples with this. The ramifications of the fantasy side of things, almost as if the show is just actively trying to erase it. Which well, it's very symbolic of confounding. one of the one of the dragons just dying a pitiful <laughs> death later as well. But um, I anyway, want to. Yeah. I want to talk about just very quickly him saying goodbye to Ghost. I want to be generous and say something was lost in translation with the direction of the scene, and it's happened before on this show. I was wondering where John literally like might have found it too painful to say bye to Ghost and just wanted to leave, but whether Kit Harrington underplayed that too much, he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't play that way. I mean, because if he played it that way, that would have been quite like I don't know, sad, and I would have understood it, but they didn't really do that. What's interesting is. Um I would have preferred him crying as he's walking away from Ghost. Like he squints out a few tears. Drops. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit like I, I wanted like Brienne level crying as he, yeah. he walks away because it's a sacred bond between a Stark and a direwolf. I know this may be like them kind of, this is symbolic of John walking away potentially from his Stark identity. Yeah. But it's a good idea that he says bye to Ghost if they did it better than what they did I, exactly yeah. exactly especially after a uh, three season long n- like neglect it seems it's in a weird way you could say this like uh, some of the parts of this episode foreshadow his death like with um the Daenerys scene at first and then him saying bye to ghost and Rhaegal dying mm. it's kind of that's kind of an interesting thing but I liked his goodbye with Sam that was that was nice Gilly's pregnant again Gilly's pregnant so I guess I, I think that's do you reckon that's the last we see of them? I think that, that would be, be nice. That would be nice. Yeah. I I like not seeing these characters again because I, in my mind, then they can be safe. That, yeah, because <laughs> you you got to assume that the North is pretty much wrapped up because the wild, like they even say, you know, the wildlings they're going to go to Castle Black and then they're going to do their own thing and it'll, it'll be okay. Yeah. So that was that's like a fine endpoint for that. So now that we can just focus the conflict completely on King's Landing. I will never forgive. The, the ghost thing. It was, it's it was terrible. What a disaster. Why even give, like, ghost a cut ear to make him look... Like, make it even, like, more anger-inducing for the audience yeah. that he doesn't pet him. Well, I don't this, get it. <laughs> it. It makes no sense. If this is the scene that we get from ghost, I would rather him die... Just not the, be there and never just, mentioned again. Yeah, yeah, die in the battle. I mean, because yeah. that would have been... Uh, much more preferable than getting blatantly yeah. thrown away by his... 
his lifelong friend. I mean, it's crazy because you wouldn't even treat your dog like this. And this is so much more than a dog, you know. It also, I, I think, makes zero sense that um, John would leave him there just because I, of I why he doesn't it. like the sun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like they they live there. That's their habitat, isn't it? Well, like, they're I mean, in the, uh, they're in the snow. Uh, in the, uh, the Rob, Rob brought his direwolf. Oh, but he needed that for battle. <laughs> oh, because John because John doesn't need. We, he's, uh, as far as he knows, he's got the dragon. <laughs> like that's true. Yes, but he does, but he, I bet he's regretting that now because the fucking. <laughs> can we talk about um the Euron's wizard fleet? Wait, wait. I I want to cap off uh, the Daenerys thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, sure. Because uh, just to highlight kind of the growth of Sansa as well, mm-hmm. which is um, she's the one that kind of pinpointed um, t- the crux of Tyrion's awe with Daenerys as well. Because when they were talking about um, about Daenerys before he leaves, he, she suddenly says, you're afraid of her. And yeah, and she's right because yeah. he confirms it. And that's just such a laser sharp insight by Sansa, you know, someone who uh, is really kind of, uh, what do you call it, aloof for a lot of the earlier seasons. Yeah. And it was very great for her to have the chance to exhibit that kind of strong people insight. Well, it also makes. Um it just really does make Daenerys like it makes you realize that she's actually quite a complicated character. Because as yeah. much as her best trait is that she empowers certain people, like her anger is like terrible, and she's arrogant quite yeah. often. I kind of like that. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I mean, because cool. obviously it represents the fire and blood yeah. in her. Yeah. Um, but can she transcend that? That's the ultimate question. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about Euron. <laughs> okay, so I mean. Cool that Euron shows up and says little and does like major big things, but is it cool? It is cool is because cool? if he's going to be there, have him do something. Like, and but what I will say is that the wizard fleet just showing up randomly. They kind of did that in season seven, so I was like, okay, I guess yeah, I have to go once with it. again. Like it, they, they've they, they're doing the, they're the, committing to this the Phantom Fleet, fleet. this invisible invincible fleet. But um, the scene was the action scene was like very exciting. I have to admit because when it like hit fucking Rhaegal in the chest, you're like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. And then before you know it, it's torn through its neck and it yeah. lets out this terrible scream and falls. Then they just de- decimate their fucking fleet. Yeah, and it's it's a very like exciting action piece. But it, it, it logically it's like stupid. Yeah, but I did very much like the. It's well it. directed, especially the scene where um, Tyrion can die at any time on that boat. I thought he might. I actually, might be it. I thought that might be it too. Yeah. So I, th- I think that was very it was tense, smartly executed. Yeah. Although when Rhaegal falls, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, like, oh, this is happening. Like, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't really you weren't be- shocked. because it you comes out of nowhere. It did, like I was startled because oh, sure, yeah. it just happened on screen. Yeah, yeah. But I, I wasn't shocked and I wasn't um, scared because I was. I actually rolled my eyes because Rhaegal logically should have died in that battle. Like I thought it was dead. Yeah, um, yeah. In in the uh, battle for Winterfell, and the fact that they they harm him beyond like comprehension, and then still have him live in this episode, and then die that way, it's just like 
I just feel like that's just so. It feels clumsy. It's it's heavy handed as yes. hell because the pure intention, on a logistical level, it's because they don't have to animate another dragon. Yeah, and on a plot level, it's just to even the odds between Cersei yeah. and Daenerys. It's so rote and it's so I can see the puppeteer strings. Well, you, you know, you can see it because Rhaegal goes out like a chump, and she's faced with like fifty more. Yeah, and like not one of them gets all her. of them. Hit- not one of the arrows um, hit Drogon. Drogon, the biggest dragon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and like the one who's actually facing the fleet. Yeah, like right in front of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just I that did not work for me. The, Even though I knew in like an intellectualize, like oh okay, this means a lot to Daenerys. But mm. but uh, once again, big props to Amelia Clark when um. It, she adds quite a bit of tension to the scene just with her expressions because she's like torn between lighting them all up and running away. She's thinking, can I light them Is up it and worth get away? It? Is it yeah. worth it? Is it worth that for me to die trying to destroy them? And then like her scream of frustration is like, she's like, oh, I got to go away. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Like I could feel her frustration. It was really good. Yeah. So that's what um, I'm, feeling. I'm, up, I'm up and down on this episode I, actually. <laughs> that, that's the thing because I also think that there is a way that she can destroy those fleets. Go behind with, them or yeah, something. Like yeah. that, they can't turn around quick enough. But ex- I, yeah, yeah. exactly. Lo- logistically, if you look at it and if you understand like the physics of how it works, mm. she could technically kill them. But I think, I think she panics because like one just died. So I guess it's like get out of here. That's true, but yeah. I don't know. The same. It's the same with when they are at King's Landing. She could easily burn Cersei. Well, like I, I would argue could, with that King's Landing scene. Do you mean the one at the end of this episode specifically? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Because Cersei has like fifty of those things pointed at her, and her little. Were, were there fifty? Or they look like there ten. were two. I think I saw two. The the crossbows. Yeah. No, there were like ten. There was like a bunch of them, just on the castle. The giant, the big the scorpion ones? ones. Yeah, there oh, was like okay. heaps of them. But um, I guess we'll go to the stakes of that scene, which is that. You know, we see Grey Worm and Masande were reminded of their little courtship. Yes. And obviously, yes. Um, she's missing. She's kidnapped by Cersei. And this raises a bunch of questions, which <sighs> is, why wouldn't, first of all, like, why wouldn't the Unsullied and Daenerys assume Masande just drowned? Like, why, how do yes. they know she's kidnapped? Yeah, how, how do they know? Bec- and how does Cersei know to kidnap Masande? Yes. Um, poof, uh, but, yeah, no. I have to say, look, I can, um, I can jump. I can leap through this. I have to like you head know? cannon it that like Cersei sent them a raven and said, I have your Missandei or whatever. Well, she, yeah. And they, so that's, that's what why I think. a parlay, yeah. Or, and uh, maybe Euron identifies in the heat of the battle. Hmm, this woman seems like, you know, is her advisor and just catches her for fun. Yeah. Like he did, um, you know, with uh, uh, the, the Dornish people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, okay, I can like... You have to I'm make willing, those internal I'm leaps. willing to suspend that yeah. disbelief to get there. But um, it I laughed out loud because the moment, the immediate cut is Cersei just walking up to Missandei. Like, well, it, it, yeah. it, the, this, the speed in which that happened it, yeah. broke my neck. Yeah, it is. You, <laughs> it's like they're, they're crossing weeks at like a, a flick of the eyeball. Oh, wow. Uh, but um, I really, I like seeing Lena Headey get some some actual scenes this season because she fucking kills it as well. I, I have to say, though, 
all of Cersei's scenes mm-hmm. are, are what makes the show for me this this yeah. uh, episode. She's fucking phenomenal. Like I love her little snide remark when she's like so much for the breaker <laughs> of chains and like you just see Masande back in you know shackles again. Yeah. And it's it really she's just a prick. Like she's the worst. I, I, but I love her at the same time. She is the villain that we've been waiting for. She's like Maleficent. <laughs> and I really liked um that they made a choice to put her back in Lannister colours with Yes, the, the red. Yeah, it was striking. Oh, it was amazing. She it? looks good. She's winning. Yeah. Uh, and also I think it's just that it's really fun to see a ruthless antagonist again, you yeah. know, like not not someone like slow and dumb. Yeah. Um. I mean, her plan also to like get every innocent person and use them as like a human shield. That's so Cersei. It's so that's evil. so Cersei because look, <laughs> it 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 really you know highlights her di- complete disregard for human life. Yeah. I mean, and at this point, it's it's almost kind of tragic because. She's only on the throne because it's the only way she could survive. Yeah. Like, if yeah. she's not on the throne, she's dead. I, I love that because you understand the stakes for Cersei. Yeah. You know, like, that's so what's so cool about it. Like, you understand why she does this. She has nothing left to lose. Even with the child, she has nothing left to lose. Well, you know? that's, a, that's kind of a question mark because I'm like, how is this child pregnancy thing going to fit in at the pace this is going now like what's what's happening so so this is another thing um that really frustrated me this Mm -hmm. is the this is the scene that makes me think oh game of thrones is bad okay (laughs) (laughs) like game of thrones is a bad show now i guess because that scene where um Tyrion, Tyrion has no reason to believe that Cersei will not shoot him on sight, yes. especially knowing that Bronn was sent by Cersei to kill him. Oh, wait, can we quickly talk about that, Bronn? Let's thing? talk about that. Yeah. Okay, that was so fun. <laughs> it was the most energetic and like almost like a Tarantino scene yeah. in that episode. And I love that because um, people were saying when Bronn got that crossbow, like, of course he's not going to do anything yeah and he shows up punches Tyrion, nearly shoots jamie calls them cunts and is like you're gonna give me what i want i've had enough like for years i've just been shoveling your dirt my favorite part <laughs> is he's like yeah i'm not gonna join your battle i'm just gonna come back yeah. when you win <laughs> and he's like and jamie like gets kind of like you know high garden's never gonna go to a cutthroat <laughs> and it's, it's like the first time Jamie's called him something like that. Yeah. And then Bronn's just like, well, who made Highgarden? Like, cutthroat. Yeah. Like, not fancy lads in silk. I love Bronn. And I, I love, love that that was the direction that they went with it and not some kind of tragic scene yeah. as well. Or some corny thing where he's like, just ditches the crossbow and joins them. Like, I'm yeah. really glad they didn't do that. Yeah. he's always been like, you know, the most... Self-serving. Self-serving motherfucker. But with the hint of... Um, I, I do feel that Braun... I, I do feel that Braun sometimes um, hides his um, true feelings uh, or his goodness or whatever hint of goodness he has behind that self-serving mm. um, posturing. Yeah. Um, because, you know... Uh, and, and, and his relationship with Tyrion and... Jamie really highlights that. Well, he's definitely fond towards them, which is why he didn't... I mean, there are other reasons why he didn't kill them, but like he said, he could have killed one of them. Yeah, and and he could have um, thought his way out of, um, you know, I'll just kill them and see how it goes, you know? like So 
it is the his fondness for them that stops him from legit just killing them. Yeah, but I do like we still get him to see see him act very bitterly <laughs> yeah, <laughs> towards them. I love that. And it he came like again logically it makes no sense because like who the fuck would let him in? Yeah, like he just <laughs> infiltrates Winterfell. No, no question. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like I'll let it go because it was such a wonderful scene. But um, I guess um, we should uh, get to the <laughs> stupid Cersei scene. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah as I said, you know, back yeah. at King's Landing, as Tyrion walks up to uh, Kyburn, love him. I loved Kyburn. I, dude, <laughs> dude, me too. He's just so funny. Like, he's he, just so fun to watch. He's perfected the art, art of, like, silky menace. And the absurdity of him being the hand to the queen yeah, is hilarious. It how, it's, but it's a good way to show just how fucked it is that she's the queen. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, they're so screwed with her in charge. Like, literally, like, yeah. Just this, it, just asshole. But um, he um, has the best line when he's, like, he says something like, the sound of children screaming is unpleasant. It's such a bland line, but hes it's so disturbing when he says it's, it. You know why? Because it implies it. that he has experimented. He's very familiar on, with that sound. Yeah. yeah exactly. I love that scene because uh, Tyrion clearly doesn't get the get the implication because yeah. he just kept saying like, well, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and just doesn't... Also like kind of signals Tyrion... I guess he doesn't really know Kyburn all that well. But, no, he doesn't. But yeah. it really, you know... Uh, kind of this is that was the first step of Tyrion showing a, a huge misjudge in character mm-hmm. you know that's like the opposite of what Sansa um, did to Tyrion in terms of understanding that he's afraid of Daenerys Tyrion is, is so like it's that it's such a huge mismatch between what he thinks Kyburn wants yeah like he even like hey help me out here bro like like you know you don't know who you're talking to. It's because I think he does have a good reason for thinking he's just another, like, sycophantic, spineless fuck. Because oh, okay. in, like, season five, if, you're, uh, if you don't remember, but um, Cersei would surround herself with, like, sycophants all the time. Yeah. So I guess he's just assuming, oh, he's just another fucking sycophant. Like, he's just another weak person. But, you know, that's obviously his mistake because Kyburn is... Very loyal. Psychopathic. Psychopathic and very loyal to Cersei. And I, I really like that he is so loyal to Cersei because, um, you know, like, it's cool to see someone seeing something in Cersei and, uh, you know, and, and uh, going, hey, you know what? That girl is right up my alley. I think, <laughs> I, I actually think the only reason he's loyal to her is because she's like the only person who will let him conduct his sick experiments. <laughs> she, really? I bet, I bet she feeds him people like to experiment <laughs> on. Like that's why he got expelled from the Citadel, right? Yeah. Cause he yeah. was doing weird Mad shit. scientist. Yeah. Things. And she's like, well, he's loyal to me. And if I just give him people, whatever, <laughs> I think it's a weird relationship. like um, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, he walks up to Cersei and then we get this, dumb rehash of the whole pregnancy thing i mean look it didn't work the first time Tyrion. Yeah. why did you think it was going to work this time i yeah that's error number one error like and, and this is the show error number two um you get this really tight close-up with cersei reacting to the words that uh, Tyrion says about her child and, and they close up on her, on her face because they don't want to cut to the reactions of other people because Euron would be like, wait a minute, what kid? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Because... But, like, he's referring to her dead children, so... Well, he's not. He said, your child. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Like he's literally saying like, for the sake of your child, surrender. Yeah. And and that's I think that's why they really close up on her and her only because they they kind of like look don't think about it too much that other people are around her. I um I will say I read the scene completely different from okay, you. Okay, okay. And this is actually the fault of the show because they do they've been you know fast forwarding certain things. I think because Daenerys said, if the sky's gonna fall on those people, let it be known that Daenerys Stormborn you know, gave them, like, didn't want this kind of thing. Yeah. So I think it was just a formality. Like, she ordered Tyrion to tell Cersei that whole spiel to, like, surrender. I don't think Tyrion for a minute thought she would give up. Because he wasn't really... He was doing it almost as a formality. And I think it was very important to Daenerys that she... It looks like she's putting in an effort to avoid the bloodshed. And when Cersei does a decision to kill Masande. Tyrion isn't even like shocked. Like he's still just as sad as he was because he knows what's going to happen. So that's how I mm, that's how I read that. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. That yeah. is, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I'll okay. agree. The show didn't make it clear enough. But that's just what I kind of got out of it. You know, after hearing your take, I think it makes sense. Yeah. And I can forgive the fact that Tyrion isn't acting stupid by just repeating no. the same thing. Yeah. But it still doesn't. Um, I think it still doesn't kind of excuse the fact if next episode Euron isn't doesn't already have this information about the child. about the child. Yeah, I wonder where that'll go. I mean, but it's it. I don't know because I didn't give him the shocks like what like re- reaction to it. But yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So, so who knows? They what? want to avoid it. I yeah. I won't be surprised if Euron didn't re- that if this didn't register with him at all. Because what they're going to do is that they're just going to kill Euronoff in the next episode <laughs> and he won't be near Cersei. So okay, well. they'll probably think, whatever, He's it's kind of sloppy, I agree. And I think um, it is weird for Cersei to not just shoot him on sight. I, I think, what do you think? I Personally, I think she wants to like kill him like differently. Like I don't think she... Because he's not a physical threat, so I don't think she's interested in having him just shot down instantly. I think it's more personal for... Her to kill him? Well, she's she was willing to just send Bronn to kill um, Tyrion. That's true, but um, you know, I, who knows if she thought that would even that that seemed like a long shot. You know what I mean? Like you know. Well, I don't know. This guy. I don't know. Like, well, it could still happen, and that mm. would have just deprived her of that opportunity. Well, you're you're actually you are right because when Tyrion was walking up and they were all pointing the arrows at him, I'm like he's got to be a human pincushion now. Like, why would she let him live? I don't think it makes sense that she would still let him talk. Look, I don't want Tyrion to die. Yeah. But if she shot Tyrion then, I would be like, that's so Cersei. Yeah, exactly. You know? But But she does another equally Cersei move <laughs> which with, with which she uh, disregards the surrender and let Masande go, please. And she um goes behind Masande and she's like, if you have any last words... And uh, Masande does have some interesting yes, last yes. words. Well, interesting is one word for it. Yeah. And uh, what are those words, Howie? What, what is it? Dracaris. Expelliarmus. <laughs> it's the, the Expelliarmus of the show. Dracaris. Um, yeah. And um, um, you didn't like this moment. Uh, why, why was that? I, um, I didn't like this. Um, I, I didn't like this line uh, as Masande's, uh, uh, Masande's last words. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so an in-show reason yeah. is I don't like the implication of it because it's Masande 
a person who is from a pacifist um, background um, feeding into Daenerys's worst tendencies, which yeah. is um, burn them all, right? Like that's that's what she's saying. Yeah. In in um, Valyrian. Yeah. And um, that reflects badly on Masande, mm-hmm. and further gives credence to the fact that you know. Um, um, Cersei has had bad advisors, and and advisors who are not giving her the right advice. And even in her death, Miss Sunday is asking her to fly to her doom. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to cost her. Like her just murdering everyone is not good for Daenerys. And Miss Sunday at the end is not actually thinking of Daenerys's best interest. So mm-hmm. that. That aspect of it, I don't like. The other aspect is just that it's so cheesy. It's so, like, Dracarys. I mean, it it, it makes no... Uh, it's so fanservy. I, I, I just... It boggles my mind. Even even if she's, like, Valar Mogulis, that would have been... That's like a greeting, though. That's not a last word. Well, fine. <laughs> but I, I'm just saying that Dr- yeah. Dracarys... Um, okay, within the how how the sh- her death is executed, mm-hmm. when she says Dracarys, there is a sense of defiance in her. Yeah, you know, like I'll die fighting. Like that's her face, and that's what the word Dracarys means. Like just destroy. Yeah, and yet she lets herself get killed. Right, because she she was so within the logic of the scene. If you know for a fact that you're going like you're a goner, right? Mm-hmm. And the the queen or like the your main enemy who is about to kill you is so close to you that she's holding you on the on the ledge. She's uh, in chains though. Yeah, yeah, but what she can't shake her body and try to like push her. Like she she, she, she wasn't that tightly chained up. I think she could move her arms. Like she didn't even try. Is what she, I'm saying. She she would have been like killed before she made a move. Okay, to then then ma- make the move. You yeah. know, it just I can see that. Yeah. It just didn't. Uh, maybe they should have chained her in tighter in a more obvious way because I saw a lot of openings for her to push Cersei off. See, and yeah. for her to say that kind of defiant like kill them um line for it to end like that um why when she herself didn't do anything it's just like okay why don't you do it you know well (laughs) see i'll completely disagree with you on this Hallie. Uh, all right i i actually really i thought her character has never been more interesting than when those were her last words i guess i do agree with you i mean i'll i'll say that for real because you wouldn't expect her to say, like, light them all up because as she's been portrayed up to this point, like, you're right, she's been this very, like, even-tempered, sweet-natured person. But the thing is, is that she is captured at a point where she has just, like, found someone she loves in Grey Worm and, you know, she's come this far and she's about to be killed and there's nothing she can do. And so, and she, as Nathalie Emmanuel, the yeah. actress, as she plays it, she looks like she's, like, shaking with anger, like... She doesn't look afraid as she looks angry. And so she's saying that word with like a sense of like, please kill them, like, please kill them. And it adds like a layer of tragedy that those are the last words that Daenerys hears from Missandei. It's like the the, the worst last thing she person, could hear. Yeah. The worst thing she could hear from her best friend is like her worst impulse that she's already feeling. 
and um, it adds like a interesting layer of tragedy to their relationship, uh, which hadn't been you know that prominent up until then. And I yeah, I just thought it made it interesting in that way, and it made her seem human because like of course she'd be angry and she'd want them all to die horribly. Like I could you know uh, I kind of like that. I mean, I, what, as far as last words go, like she has to say last words because that's how it is. <laughs> What 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 could she say that would be like more interesting than kill them all? Um, uh, well, look, find something interesting, I guess. I mean, but that, that is interesting. Don't concoct. I mean, I, I agree that it's interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I agree that it is interesting. Yeah. I just didn't like it. Yeah, like it just rubs me wrong. I just don't feel like her character would say that. But she's in this feel position like... she's never been in, in which. She's never been in mortal danger, really. I mean, she has, but like not like this, where she, she is sure to die in front of all these people, and she's gonna lose something that she hasn't had before. So I could, <sighs> I when she's feeling that kind of like senseless rage, you know, she's a human being. I could totally see it. I I just don't. I I can. Does it leave a bad taste in your it, mouth? It leaves a bad. It taste. does. It does. I agree with that, but that makes it like more interesting for me. So I I I am glad that you um, find found a way to have this kind of fulfill you at, in a narrative sense. Yeah, I quite it, liked it. Like was the straw on the camel's back for me for this episode, where it's like, of course that would be what she said because. You know, it's cool. You know, it's cool, a cool scene for her, you know, to, to die like that. It's such a meme, not, not a meme moment, like an iconic moment. But but the- it does have, like, personal significance for her because Daenerys literally freed her with those words as I well. I agree, and I yeah. and, and that's the only part of it that kind of um, works for, you. Works yeah. for me. Yeah. At the very bare level... It's it represents this, you know, the moment when she believed in Daenerys. Yeah, but um, here's what I will say though, because and it's kind of like a split hair thing. But if she literally said "burn them all," I would have cringed so hard, and I would have hated. Oh, it. I'm not saying. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Like she, why would she say that, right? Because yeah. I, I don't like Dracarys. It means she the were same say, thing. Yeah, but if she said actually "burn them all," ugh, like I would have shuddered. I would have yeah. hated it so yeah. much. But Look, I, yeah. I, you know what? I just. I don't know. It's just I wish she would have said something that was more nuanced than that. Just having her head chopped off as well, uh, evoking you know Ned Stark's death, evoking the significance of characters dying on this show. But it is like a traditional um, way of executing someone. That's isn't it? true. Yeah. But you know, it's a cho- like. Yes, uh, logically that is yeah. correct, but they made a choice to do that, right? Which is, um, hey, look, we're still willing to kill people. The show is treating us like how Tyrion is talking to Kyburn, which is like I I can say for me anyway. Mm-hmm. They're telling me this is what you want, but they're missing the point. Like that's not what I want. I I would actually kind of agree with you if they'd framed the execution differently and that we got like a close-up of all the gore of her body or something. I would have been like, oh God. But I think the way they did film it, it was somehow quite like brutal and tasteful at the same time. I, I was a fan of how that was directed. Yeah. I, well, I, did, I did like it. I, well, I was a fan of it. All right. And, well. and, and it, it works in as much as to completely cut off Daenerys's support system now. I mean, I think if there's no other goal in this episode, that was pretty much it. I, mean, um, I, I 
and I like that trajectory. You know, yeah. I like the kind of tra- trajectory of her losing every, like all of her closest supporters, and the only ones who are left are the her doubters. Essentially, you know, they are her supporters still, but they're like true. They are Westerosi. You know, yeah. they don't um, follow her unconditionally, like Masande, like Jora, like a Grey Worm. Well, it's yeah. She's um. It's so interesting that now that. Yeah, the whole show's about to finish is that she's she's almost in the same position she was at the start of yeah, the show. She's yeah. almost got no dragons. She has no friends left. You know, she has really has nothing. Grey you know? Worm is dying tomorrow next Gr- episode. First death yeah, is yeah. Grey Worm. <laughs> yeah. Um, Wouldn't it be a shock if he lived the whole show? That that would be like a twist. I nah, think. nah, nah. It, it would be a twist because I would see it. It would coming. be a twist, but <laughs> it would I work. bet you yeah. that's not gonna happen. But um I'm cause that's why like cause I don't know which way Daenerys it's clear that she's going to do terrible things but ultimately I'm really curious as to how they'll cap off her story like what's it all been about I think her ending will really color previous you know things as well so I mean I'm interested so I I was pretty positive to this overall even though like the bits to get where I liked where it's going it was ropey sometimes and I could see the seams or whatever Daenerys was just acting not she wasn't only acting in a rash way, which, you know, we've come to expect from Daenerys, mm. but she was acting in a very foolish way. Mm-hmm. And and very... Um, and I, I wonder if that is uh, them doing a credit to her storyline and her descent, or is it uh, that they're doing a disservice to her character by letting her make these stupid decisions. You know, as Sansa pointed out, she has the Dornish ready to go. Yeah. She has the Ironborn ready to go. Yeah. And yet she doesn't bring any of them there. And yeah. she just goes straight there with her tired army. Yeah. Um. You know, what did she think was going to happen? Well, I feel like the show is just going to overcorrect by just having the ironborn and the dornish just show up conveniently yeah, when the yeah. golden company because how else is, is there going to be a battle like i'm not excited for this battle i i i, I am i have to admit i'm pretty hyped i mean because <laughs> it'll be in the daytime howie so that's at least, true <laughs> at, at least, least we get we'll to see, see the it. spectacle um yeah. but <laughs> i'm just like look we have fought the great war you know what what's what's this gonna be but i've been more invested in like cersei and daenerys longer than i like much more than the white walkers so i that's agree why I'm, I'm just yeah i'm very feeling very battle fatigued at this point and i'm really not ready for other like i don't want to feel frustrated again by characters making stupid decisions so we can get to a storyline you know what i mean like i that's what the whole this proves to me that ultimately that the battle of winterfell the long night um episode was not good. It wasn't. It was a means to an end, <laughs> yeah. which was to even the odds. Yeah. That was the end. Like, it, it, it re- retroactively cheapens um, the kind of uh, thrills we had in the previous episode because the dumb shit is just so that we can get to more dumb shit in this episode, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, uh, you know, a little I'm, bit worried. I'm worried. I'm <laughs> worried. I'm excited in terms of Okay, what is... So here are the things that I'm looking forward to. I'm interested in seeing next yeah. episode. Yeah. Um, what 
is Daenerys going to do immediately after yeah. the scene? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the number one thing. I mean, for me that, too. that's what I'm. Uh, I'm interested because yeah. if Cersei just burns there, well, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, second is after whatever she does or doesn't do, how is Tyrion? Um, Varys and John uh, yeah. are going to react to this because yeah. obviously in the previews we see that John joins her. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that that's interesting. That's that's I keeping think, me yeah. interested. But I I just hope that the battle is like twenty minutes. I think as far as Varys goes, like her even mentioning what she's going to do, kind of you get a pretty good idea of what he's going to do. Like, no matter what she actually does, he's going to try and take her out, I think. Also, he seems dead. Varys is marked for death, right? Fuck, he's, she is... Okay, guarantee she's going to execute him. Yes, I agree. I have a feeling, if I if we go into theorizing mode now, this is yeah. a very loose theory, Daenerys wins the battle, obviously, Yeah. and episode six will begin with her executing people. Like... <laughs> That's how episode six will open, like heads getting cucked off, and like it's close up shot of um, Varys as a rolled head. Yeah, something like that. That's how episodes. The last episode will begin with her executing people <laughs> and Tyrion pleading for mercy. Like it's it's gonna go really dark. I mean, I, that's just what I feel like. I don't think that will happen. Is that like just a bit too too much? You think like this show doesn't have the balls to do that. I, don't know, I think they don't have they, the balls to they, do that. They, they just might. I think it, I like, it would do. be, I mean, it would be, um, if they get there, my God, yeah, my God, like, I mean, I yeah. would laugh, like, yeah. it would be funny, yeah. but uh, Benioff and uh, Vice did say that, you know, after the finale, they'll be somewhere away from the internet exactly. and wait for crowd reaction. That means that yeah. they're re- getting ready to do some batshit crazy fan upsetting move, maybe. And that's what I think this would be, like. But you know you can't say they haven't set it up. I mean, fuck no! Like she's crazy. Like, like she's lost yeah, everything. yeah. They're they've bent over backwards to yeah, set yeah. it up. I so guess that's why I think it'll happen. Every episode um, in our Game of Thrones recaps, we give out two awards. Yeah, the first one being the Hodor Award for the best character of the episode, and the Ollie Award for the worst character of the mm. episode. Yes. Um. So the Hodor Award. Uh, should I say say mine? Yeah, you go. You know what? I've been holding back, but I'm just gonna say it. My, the Hodor Award goes to Sansa. Oh, nice. Yes, she was right. Yep. Okay, with, about everything. Yeah, and she was smart, and she everything that she does isn't to harm others. It's more about protecting her own, and she is smart to. She's one of the first ones to. Um, in the decision makers level to understand that John should be king, uh, uh, you know, over, over Daenerys. Yeah. Um, I don't think he should actually be king, but yeah. if I were to choose, it would be John. But, um, yep. That's, so that's her. And, you know, she is adding, now fully in charge of yeah. Winterfell. She adds to the, she consistently now adds to the political intrigue. So, yeah. yeah. What makes her so great this episode isn't that she's right, really. It's more that she is someone who acts in a way that is congruent with what we've seen her, how we've seen her developed in the past. They really focused on developing her character so well that they can, you know, she's barely in this episode, but they conveyed a lot of her character in a in an organic way and in a way that makes a lasting impact in our minds, and that's all I ask for. 
from this show. It's crazy how far she's come. Really, so it's really something. Yeah, and and it shows that the show isn't all bad, yeah. but it's really about where they pay their attention. Yeah, um, for my Hoder Award, if I could give it purely for acting, it would definitely be Amelia Clark. But it's not for acting; it's for character. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to Bron. <laughs> no way! I'm going to give it to Bron for this because it's like he he doesn't fuck around. He just shows up and he tells them what's what, and then he exits. It's very it's remarkable. And he he stole the episode for me. I have to admit that's hilarious. Yeah, um, because. I thought you were going to go with Cersei, but she's the MVP of this episode. Oh, yeah. Like, as far as villains go, you, you can't do better than her right now. I, I can't help but smile when she's on screen because I'm just like, look, she's back, baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm glad that... I really hope the next episode, of course, she's going to be losing, but I want a lot of Cersei's screen time. That's okay. What, that's what I hope for. But uh, well, who gets your Ollie Award? Um, I don't... Oh, um, John. Damn, I was gonna give it to John. <laughs> I can't. I can't give it to John. Yeah, we can't. No, no. Well, look. Hey, let's let's dunk on John well, because the, yeah, that ghost thing was, was bullshit. It was egregious, and um, uh, you know, not listening to Sansa was also bullshit. Yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a nice speech at the start, but did his voice sound different to you? Like at the start of the episode when he gives a speech? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, because he's like giving a, a speech for everyone. I was like, oh, he sounds different. I don't know. That might have just been a me thing. But yeah, I I gave it to John last week. I think, but it's like <laughs> again, I have to give it to John. Fuck, like, what's he doing? <laughs> I and I think uh uh as much as I like that Stark moment, um, John as a character didn't really need to tell. The there was Starks. no reason to tell them, and there's no like honor bound reason as well for him to tell the stocks. I that's that's my main kind of um, criticism of that because it's not like you're lying to them. They're not acting in a way that um, is so uh, kind of relevant to who's. Uh, last name you should yeah, have their their life is not better knowing that information it's actually worse yeah and you know ned stark people call him stupid but it's like he realized at least the most honorable thing to do sometimes is to keep a fucking secret exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, you know learn one thing i mean there's a reason he kept that a secret oh, wait but then maybe that's why he doesn't want to keep a secret because ned did keep a secret. I feel like from he him. should have vocalized that. Like if it was a resentment move, I think he should have said it. Hey, maybe he would have said it in that reaction from the stocks that we never get to see. Yeah. And it's that's it's emblematic of this episode where they need plot beats to happen, but in order for them to happen, they need dumb things to happen. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and what they needed to happen was for that information to get out, you know. So yeah. There you go. I want to give a bonus Hollywood actually. Oh shit. Who? Um The Night King. <laughs> oh my god. He's just a pile of ice like, cubes. Like literally <laughs> yeah, of course literally he... uh, melting under the, the grounds of Winterfell and just never explained, forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I mean, RIP, I guess, but you know what? You were never the focus and this reminds me of like kind of uh, I don't even want to equate this to True Detective, but it kind of, it's kind of like they were trying to do a True Detective uh, season one where it's like, look, the lore doesn't matter. It's about how darkness touched them. Yeah, exactly. But this is the, like, well, yeah. look. This is fantasy. The lore you, does matter Yeah, somewhat. exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. It's like you tricked us into thinking that it didn't matter. And, and they do show us like significant some backstory with him being turned by the children of the forest or whatever. 
and there was I rewatched the season six episode today, and Uncle Benjamin specifically says to Bran, "You'll have to face the Night King," and you know that doesn't not, doesn't amount well, to anything. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that was last episode. Yeah. I'm just well. I mean. Because I, you know, I said last episode, um, whether or not that episode is good really is contingent on whether they address anything in this episode. And just as I suspected, they are just sweeping everything under the rug. For all that happened, it like it, Jorah might as well have fallen off a cliff. Yeah, because that's really the only like story storyline that carry that is significant that is in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> really, if you think about it, <laughs> how awesome would it be if it were Jorah on that? Um, getting his head chopped off. That would have been better. Oh, how about that they both yeah. are there and they both get their heads chopped off? Ooh, <laughs> would that be too much? Would I that... mean, that would be very impactful. It would be very impactful. <laughs> I think if you have Jorah up there, though, maybe it's too close to like a Ned Stark look. Oh, okay. But uh, you know what? It would have. What if they held hands and both said Dracarys together? <laughs> if what? They both said Dracarys together. Oh, see, that would have been <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked that. <laughs> um, never mind. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Just a well, couple, couple left. Fuck. Yeah, I am very worried going into these last two episodes. I understand that it's an impossible task to wrap a show, a long-running popular show up in a, a, a way that's very satisfying for the audience. But by God, does this... Um, episode give me no uh, um, assurance that it will remotely give me anything that I will find satisfying. I am. Um, I this will sound like an oxymoron, but I'm very excited and I have like low expectations. <laughs> That's how I would describe my mindset. I'm ready to let go of the fact that the show will give us anything meaningful to contemplate on in terms of the nature of humanity and yeah. things like that yeah um, it's gonna be fan service it, yeah and it's just gonna be very plot kind of focused as well mm. i guess we'll see uh okay until next time <laughs> boy
Absolutely deadpan. I snort lightly. <laughs>